You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Hey, Scott, I want to remake Alien. What do you think? Uh, oh, that doesn't seem necessary, does it? Mm, okay. How about, like, Alien, but more contemporary? I'm still not feeling it. How about it stars Ryan Reynolds? Okay, I'm listening. And we kill him immediately, like 15 oh. minutes in. Ooh, okay, I have some notes. Welcome everyone to I Have Some Notes, the show where we take the bones of a movie script and crush them into pudding. <laughs> I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. And today we are talking about the 2017 film Life. Life, starring uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, others, Rebecca Ferguson, <laughs> and others. <laughs> and supporting. Yeah. <laughs> uh... So, full disclosure, I had never seen Life before, but I'm under the impression both of you did. No, I had not. Oh. Okay. I, yeah, I guess that means I'm the only one that's seen it before. I As as these watches go, this was not a painful one. I was a no. little worried about the rewatch, though. I thought that maybe um, I had watched it originally with rose-colored glasses. I tend to do that with science fiction and uh, and think they're better than they are, and I was worried that I'd watch it again and, and absolutely hate it, but I felt about more or less the same as I did the first time I watched it. Which yeah. is not a ringing endorsement for the movie, but certainly not a scathing criticism. No, it's a, it's a decent sit, not a good one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I rather enjoyed it. There were problems with it, and there were points where I was taken out of the movie a little bit, but overall, it, as, as you say, as sci-fi horror movies go, not bad. I really appreciated that we did this one following right up from last week's evolution because it, it follows the same sort of a premise. And yeah, this was much more enjoyable to watch. Proof, yeah. if nothing else, that they really should have stuck with evolution being a sci-fi horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although yeah. I, I almost argue that the two films are s- at least similar in that there's kind of an incongruity with the the tone and genre that they're trying to to hit but like the i feel like life whereas evolution you know may have was trying to be a wacky comedy when maybe it needed to have you know a bit more um dramatic elements uh i felt like life was trying to was trying to be a cerebral science fiction film all at once with a slasher film and that didn't really work for me i think that was the key thing that just didn't uh do it for me yeah no that's uh that's reasonable well why don't we let the trailer uh sort of share with us the the tone that the movie's going for we're looking at the first proof of life beyond earth lowering oxygen more carbon dioxide that's beautiful you're finally a daddy it's gonna be a big custody battle over this one Back to Earth? No, we're going to keep it up here. We're going to study where it's safe. Look how fast it's growing. Every single cell is a muscle cell and a nerve cell. All muscle. 
own brain. How smart is this thing? These creatures wiped out Mars millions of years ago. If we let it get to Earth, we'll risk all human life. Let's kill the thing. Pilgrim 7, a space probe carrying soil samples from Mars, hurdles through space at breakneck speed towards Earth. Aboard the International Space Station, a scientific crew awaits the arrival of what is expected to be the first sample of life beyond our planet, and they've prepared to catch it with a big old baseball space bit. The sample safely aboard, exobiologist Hugh Derry reanimates a single Martian cell, which rapidly begins to grow. Hugh seems unalarmed by the rate of growth. Instead, he Prometheuses himself by petting the creature until it attacks him. In the ensuing chaos, Ryan Reynolds is killed. Thanks, Hugh. He's just a goddamn Canadian national treasure. Now the Martian stalks the ship, killing its crew one by one, sort of like that other famous 1980s space creature, Alf. Yeah. <laughs> I realize I didn't look up whether Alf was 1980s or 1990s. Oh, it's He's 80s. But as 80s, 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 80s as you get, that's, yeah. <laughs> Some, someone on the internet is going to correct me if I get it wrong, I suppose. It's true. Um, actually... Yeah, they do. They do kill uh, Ryan Reynolds pretty early. Um, I I liked that. Frankly, I know we've that was both our pitch and and here. Uh, maybe I think Greg, uh, did you have a crush? Maybe that you want to tell us about. Uh, <laughs> but no, I thought it was. I'm like, whoa! Is, I'm like Ryan Reynolds not coming back from that? And I'm like, oh, it, he is. And I even at one point I stopped Netflix to be like, how far into the movie are we? I'm like, oh, like. 35 minutes fucking a this is yeah yeah no i i referred to it as executive decisioning ryan reynolds uh because the movie executive decision had like the top build star is steven seagal and he's dead in the first like 15 minutes of the movie um and it's an interesting bait and switch because the audience had it's it's a weird way to uh trick the audience on a meta level because they see the top build star and they uh automatically assume that oh well that's like our protagonist right ryan reynolds is the main character and he's set up as being like the down-to-earth kind of uh blue collar worker on the space station the exact kind of guy who would be the action hero and then he's dead and it's like oh okay now we know that no one in this movie is safe and So it's actually, it's a really effective way to, to kind of uh, toy with the audience expectations. And I think of all the things that don't quite work in this movie, this is one of the things that they hit right out of the park. It is A plus, excellent casting, excellent decision, and it works. Mm-hmm. So does that mean, I, I, I know initially in our watch, you were a little concerned about uh, Ryan Reynolds being to Ryan Reynolds for this movie did did, did the uh, the film ultimately <laughs> allay those concerns well yes because he's dead before he has a chance to really <laughs> Ryan Reynolds up the place so and th- that's that sounds like I have an issue with Ryan Reynolds the actor I don't I think he's a very good actor but he's one of those actors who is at a point in his career where when he's when he's in a movie it's Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool it's Ryan Reynolds as whoever like the rock to yeah. like step on Nathan Martin's 
assured comments later on in the episode. Uh, when you see The Rock in a movie, you know it's The Rock playing that person. They don't disappear into the role. Um, and it works for some movies. Uh, but there are some movies where you, you want a character actor to be playing someone. You don't want to see Ryan Reynolds on screen. But this... He didn't have times to Ryan Reynolds in this movie. He was dead too quickly. So it worked. I, I was perfectly fine with it. And, and because violently. the expectation is he's going to be like the wisecracking action hero in this film, and then he promptly gets ganked by the alien, like, you okay, <laughs> my expectations have been expertly subverted. Well played, life. <laughs> yeah, he gets a, he gets a pretty uh, gruesome death, too. There's yes, a lot in this movie. I like I like how kind of rough it is. It's pretty violent and that's it was I was not expecting that from a like, you know, bottle episode, like like very contained trying to be heady science fiction film, uh for it to be this like viscerally violent was like a real shock and I I was I was kind of there for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird it's it's weird that like it feels it feels so. It kind of has like the the veneer of a heady science fiction film, um, but really, when you when you kind of look at the the script, it's it's kind of more closer to a boilerplate, uh, the slasher film, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, there's uh there's not too much to it. Like all the like all the stuff that would typically um, pique my interest all the uh the you know the the science fictiony bits of quarantining uh, an alien presence in space and all that kind of stuff all the stuff that really tickles my brain like that stuff is over with so quickly and then we're just into um you know slasher alien hunting Staying alive yeah yeah it's it it's a little i think that is mostly where i'm i'm disappointed uh, it's just i i wanted a lot more exploration i mean the, the the movie is called life after all and I, it just feels like th- that we didn't really get much time with the the life that they found yeah it's it goes from act one we've discovered an alien and isn't this wondrous to mm-hmm. act two everyone is going to die uh to act three everyone's going to die and also everything is terrible um and it happens at a breakneck speed, and I kind of agree with you. I think a slower burn might have worked, and we should have gone from the wonder of finding new life in Act 1 to maybe something is not quite on the up and up in Act 2, and then, oh God, oh God, we're all going to die in Act 3. Yeah, I think it that might certainly have, would have... It, certainly it might have made have for s- better... Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have served the character of, of Derry, uh, Hugh Derry, a lot more, right? Yeah, and because... it would have it given his decisions later in the film perhaps an opportunity to make more sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because... Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, because they, they only pay lip service to it. Like, they say... Because, they, like, he... He eventually, towards the end of the film, sort of, like, um, saves the creature by sacrificing his own body for for the uh, the Martian alien. Um, and early on in the film, they, they say something like some character says, like, you're falling in love with that thing or something like that. But from the audience perspective, you spent so little time with him. It just doesn't, it just doesn't 
translate. Yeah, it just feels it just feels more like he's being he's being you know haphazard and he's a bad scientist. Yeah, it's the movie. Though a little bit he is and recognizes it out loud. He is like, oh, it's mm-hmm. all my fault. I made a mistake. Harumph. Like he 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 eors himself pretty quick the second he, he you know it's realized that he fucked up. The my issue is that the plot hinges on ostensibly a very smart character making a very stupid decision with no justification. And that's that's kind of where the movie lost me going into yeah. the third act. And it was because he saved the alien. And there's no real... Uh, there's, there's only minimal setup for it. There's no real justification for it. We don't get an explanation for why. And there's no consequence, really, Mm-hmm. to him for having done it nobody's angry at him for even doing it yeah. like and, and it's, it's and it's it, he and then he gets his beautiful yeah the and then he gets scene. his and he gets his beautiful death scene and it's like what is what is the movie doing here? <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's all over the map in that point yeah. so it's like that's what lost me in the movie is just because the the plot can't happen if he saves the alien or sorry the plot can't happen if he doesn't save the alien so he saves the alien for no reason and yeah, give him a reason yeah yeah yeah. Well, it's either, I guess it seems like it's either uh, change the plot where it, that doesn't hinge on that or have his motive to do so set up earlier, uh, or, uh, which is mine, and this is my big, my big, my big cut and my big changes. Don't call it life. <laughs> I know that seems really like uh, um, cosmetic, uh, but like even looking at the poster for this and like how I remember it being marketed, like this was not the movie I thought it was going to be. Um, uh, I guess which is to say yeah. I, I would have the movie I thought it was I felt bad for having not been able to catch the movie I saw and I'm like oh man if this had been named something to tell me what it was a little better I would have deliberately avoided it instead of accidentally avoided it yeah it's funny how much um, marketing can change your perception of what a thing is like the, the you're you're right that if you look at the the posters, like nothing in in the posters really suggests a horror suspense film. Like it really, it it really seems to be a poster that's made for the first act of this movie only. Yeah, yeah. This the a very interstellar kind of like energy. Yeah, coming that's from exactly the what I was gonna say. Is that it? It was marketed like it was the next Interstellar, and instead, it's the next Alien. Yeah. Yeah. Or honestly, it's the next uh, you know creature of the month uh, horror flick that like the premise of they were able to dress it up just a little prettier to to try to like sell it as yeah it's funny and, and because, again like, it's like I did watch the movie I feel like the kid who didn't do his homework uh, and like it's just like <laughs> given the book report on like the cover and what they gleaned from the back but it was just I really got a different movie than what I feel like I was sold yeah I kind of yeah. feel the same that- way actually and I went into it with a little more foreknowledge knowing that it was a creature feature in space. And I still came away feeling like it wasn't quite the movie I was expecting. Well, that's because it does a a good job in the first act of making you think it's something else. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so yeah, my big, my big cut uh, is the title and my big change is any other title that just sort of doesn't make you say (laughs) life and you think it's going to be this like, Oh, it's like, like, yeah, like Crash should have been called Life, and Life should have been called Crash. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know this this sort of reminds me of a it reminds me of a couple movies. Uh, it reminds me of a Titanic because 
early on in Titanic's marketing, um, it wasn't all it was it was all about the ship and the disaster right that was what all the marketing was mm-hmm. um it had it you know it featured posters that had like the word titanic with all sorts of like you know rivets and stuff like that or whatever you know it was like you know it was it, was mu- it seemed much different and then and and then I, I assume that they did a bunch of like market testing, and then they found that like it was resonating really well with the the romantic side of it, and they completely flipped, and and all the marketing was suddenly very um, you know uh, book romance cover ish. It, yeah. it also reminds me of um, something like Edge of Tomorrow, where the name of a movie. Uh, can can um, you know somehow affect the, a movie's reception and its box office? Like mm-hmm. I, I just don't think Edge of Tomorrow was as exciting a name for that movie as it as it turned out to be. Like the movie is really really good, um, and and the the they tried to do a one eighty with the marketing with that one as well, where they decided like okay, well now we'll try and call it Live Die Repeat, which is much more apropos of the, of the film. Um, but you know, too late. <laughs> it didn't didn't work. Yeah, yeah. This movie I just quickly looked on Wikipedia came out in March twenty fourth, twenty seventeen. Um, so I don't feel like you can quite chalk it up to the like, I the, the like February January dump that studios do. Um, it's also not that bad. I, I'm but just like it's it it it. I find the the like the release and the marketing and like exactly what you're talking about with Titanic very interesting. The way like. Once the movie's done, how the like production company handles the like release of it, yeah. I I always find quite fascinating. Like when someone pointed out to me that all the shitty movies come out in January, it's like, yeah, yeah. They say a movie is is written or made three ways: is made when you write the script, it's made when you shoot it, and it's made in the editing bay. But really, it's made four ways, <laughs> and the yeah. fourth way is in the marketing. Yeah, that's very true. Were there, were there any things you, you guys really did like, like hard, hard keeps beyond, uh, it's weird to say, killing Ryan Reynolds 20 minutes in? <laughs> I uh, I really liked that opening, that, that or sorry, that's not the opening shot, the shot where they catch the Pilgrim 7. Um, yeah, that was fun. Despite the fact that, like, that didn't make any sense in terms of physics. But it sure looked cool. I just like I just like the speed that which it came in and and uh, and it, yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of a hair raising scene, but also uh, very cool at the same time. And just like the yeah. the perspective that you're watching it from um, the uh, the crew's perspective through the window, it uh, it makes it very visceral. So I, I really appreciate that. But realistically, if they caught like a <laughs> a a probe like that coming at them that fast that would have sent that space station spinning like crazy yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which is ironic because they actually do pay attention to uh the physics of the space station later on Uh, more or less yeah there were a few instances where i was actually like oh well that would destabilize their orbit and then like the next line is a character going oh we've destabilized our orbit and we have to fix it and i'm like okay well yeah well played movie um I would, I like the setting. Like, I think the kind of 2020X setting that it's in with the slightly more futuristic technology, but still kind of contemporary, like the 20 minutes in the future sort of view of the International Space Station works for me as a setting. And 
makes for uh, makes for a real feeling of danger. Like to the the they're in a fragile tube floating around the planet. The Earth is right there. So if this entity gets out, we're all in danger. Like I buy that. That's that's a smart bit of writing that I would definitely keep. Yeah, I like the. Um, I, I I agree, Scott. Like, th- I think this is a this is a really good uh, core of a premise, and and uh, and I, I I really like the uh, the bit where um, they showed the uh, the sh- you know it's the one time we get to see Earth, and um, there's uh, like a a television news crew that's interviewing the people aboard the ISS. And and they have children asking them about uh, about the alien and stuff like that. And I thought that was uh, that was really cool and kind of a nice touch. And I, I like that they you know the there was a, a bit where the the kids got to name the uh, the alien. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that was a nice way to give them you know give it its Lucy name, right? Like, what do the scientists name the thing as they're working on it? Yeah, um, I thought it was a nice touch. I don't know about Calvin as a name, but you know. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it was a nice, uh, way to like set that up to like give it a colloquial name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it gives you, uh, yeah. Otherwise they gotta, they gotta be, yeah. It, that thing it makes the it monster, easier. The creature. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a, maybe it's a little bit of a cheat from a screenwriter perspective. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> just so he doesn't have to, they don't have to yell about the creature all the time. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think about the look of the creature? Eh. I loved it up until it seemed to then go back to having some kind of body. Like once it yeah. got big enough to like have that like the face and the like couple different kinds of wings, I was like, oh, I liked it better when it was just this sort of amorphous blob that oh, just yeah. sort of got bigger and bigger. Yeah. When it was an alien starfish, it was more interesting to me than when it turned into a weird dragon-looking thing. I yeah, I, I, as There's soon as a- it had a face, yeah, you're right. It was not great. Also, I think we all agreed, like, we all groaned when it switched to Kelvin's perspective at one point in the movie. Oh, yeah. A couple times, yeah. It yeah, was that's like a hard cut. Hard cut. We never need to see from the alien's perspective. It I said it. I, put, I remember noticing that in Reign of Fire and being like, yeah, like, show a character's perspective if their perspective, and this is true from, like, whether you're writing a drama or whether or not to, you know, go to the vision of a, of a, a monster, um don't show a character's perspective unless it's going to show us something new about the way that character sees the world. Uh, and just having it be all weird and blur- blurry in motion is not, I didn't yeah. learn anything new about Calvin by seeing the world from its perspective. Yeah. So well, and don't, it's an alien. It's supposed to be inscrutable. Don't let us see through its eyes. Like, yeah, period. Make it more mysterious that way. Yeah, unless unless your name is Sam Raimi, I don't want to see your creature's uh, perspective. <laughs> but that was even more of like a that was more of a point of view than a perspective. Like this was like yeah. through the eyes, right? Whereas the you know the tree is it's like or that that moving can the you know the camera through the woods. Um, actually, there's there's a really good show on Netflix. Um, and this is what I was thinking about when when I was like. Um, show us the perspective. Um, if you haven't watched the Midnight Gospel on Netflix, it's very good, and I won't get into the, the details of it. But there's there's a scene where people are being eaten by zombies, and then they show you everyone's a zombie, and it's actually like blissful and nice. And the zombies are like, people are like, whoa, it's actually like great to be a zombie, and the world looks better, and all the zombies look better. It's oh, just yeah. like an inter- interesting kind of take to be like, oh, when you're a zombie, this is how the wor- you view the world. 
Yeah, that right. would that's be the sort of thing. That's I'd... your your the, your existence colors your perspective kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be even like so. Actually, I guess a good a good uh, sci-fi example is like showing us the predators he- sees in heat vision. Yeah. Great. That yeah. makes sense because we learn predator sees with heat vision. So give us Calvin's heat vision or you know Utopia. Well, plus in in the case of Predator, like the the premise is that they're fighting an alien hunter. So occasionally seeing through the predator's eyes also gives us that sense that our characters are being watched and hunted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause we're seeing, Oh, the predator is seeing them right now. So like they're in danger with, yeah. with this movie, it was just unnecessary. And yeah. it can also be the, the, the visual effects during Calvin vision were not good. No, they yeah. they looked like they, were, <laughs> they were they, they were like your boilerplate after effects filter or something. Yeah, um, I have a potentially controversial cut. Mm. Okay. I think we should cut the ending of this movie. Ooh, yeah, I might have to fight you on that a little bit. The <laughs> I'm, I I'm see, not I. Uh, I disagree, but I won't fight you. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm. It's because as as that ending was coming up, um, and I'm, obviously I want to hear why. I was like, oh, this is either they're gonna show us a happy ending, show us not happy ending, or uh, not show us and let us decide which one it is. Well, well, like, first let's just explain like what happens in the yes. in the ending. Um. Well, the ending is that of course uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Doctor Miranda. Uh, the CDC expert hit upon their plan to one of them is going to jettison to the earth. The other one's going to jettison out into space with Kelvin um, so that the earth is saved. And then uh, right up until the end, it's unclear exactly who's going where, but of course, as we can all see coming from a mile away, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Kelvin end up on earth and uh, poor Dr. Miranda spirals out into space to her horrible death. And I'm all for a downer ending, but I'm not all for a quote unquote twist that I see coming from like down the block (laughs) or space. You see it coming from space. Yeah. Yeah, Like, and, and that's my issue with it is that it's really, it's a really clumsily done twist. And I feel like it could either be done better or they should have just committed to the downer ending. Like just why, why tease us? Just make it, make it a terrible ending. Make it, make us all watch the ending and go, oh, now I'm sad about things. Like, that's okay to do. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I don't think I don't know, the twist... Maybe there's, a, maybe there's a way to... Um, to um, maybe there's a way make, to better execute on the twist, sure. Yeah, yeah. As maybe. it is, it's it's clumsy and I don't care for it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm all... I, I, I like the twist just fine. It, you know, maybe it, maybe it needs a little tweaking in the execution. I'm not sure... Uh, I'm not sure. I if felt that's... I felt duped. I felt you know. Did you? I, I didn't. I don't feel like I saw it coming a mile away. Like as I was saying at the start of this, I'm like, it's going to be one of these three, and I'm okay with whichever of the three it is. Uh, uh, you happy, had actually, sad, or you don't know. Uh, here's the thing: I hadn't considered you don't know, and I kind of like that better now that you've po- now that you've suggested it. I like the idea of it being an ambiguous ending of you don't know whose pod went where. I think that's a more interesting ending. Yeah. I think you're right, except for the scene of, of like when the two guys go and look at the look in the window and that's like the, the two fishermen are like our perspective, and you see just like Jake Gyllenhaal covered in like <laughs> in space like webbing and he's shaking his head like no don't open it. No, no, no. It was just like that was kind of gut wrenching. I don't know. Well, and yeah, then of course they shot. stupidly open it, and as I pointed out, if I ever come across a space probe that has crashed to the earth 
and I see an astronaut inside covered in space goo, I'm going to burn down the space probe immediately. But also, that's that's remember, this is not a sci-fi movie. It's a horror movie, and people always do the thing you're not supposed to do in the horror movie. You're, I don't know. I kind of I kind of buy it. I kind of I kind of buy that like uh, people are are generally trying to be helpful and. You know, sometimes you're just helpful in the wrong way, and that makes that I don't I don't necessarily think that that was like the dumbest decision that those uh, fishermen could have made. I will burn down the astronaut covered in space goo. <laughs> well, I'm you know, on you record know, saying you, that I'm on. How record would you even know it's space goo? Maybe that's uh, maybe that's um, internal goo to protect the pilot from a rough landing. Yeah, that's, then, uh, that's re-entry <laughs> foam. Then NASA yeah. should have told me about it ahead of time because I have just burned him down. Um, <laughs> speaking of things that NASA doesn't ta- tell people about, yeah. uh, another cut is that the crew was not informed about Firewall 3, and that seems completely insane to me. Oh, yeah, and it, and it gets one of the astronauts killed because of it. It gets three astronauts killed because of it. <laughs> that's if you right, the yeah. Soyuz capsule crew. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's, like it's if, if these if these scientists are involved in this groundbreaking discovery and there is potential for risk, they need to be ha- they need to have been informed of the entire risk and they need to have consented to the potential of never coming home to Earth springing on them. By the way, we're all going to die now to save the Earth. Not cool. CDC, not cool at all. Um, they should all have been informed of that and there should not have been the plot point of we don't know what firewall three is they should all have been aware right from the start yeah it seemed like a cheap way to have the audience in the dark about what firewall three is but i feel like if they just I, yeah i don't know i don't know what the solution is like because then at the end, then it's just like everyone on the spaceship but the audience knows what firewall three i'm is. okay with that though i think that you could have some interesting tension where people keep maybe ominously mentioning firewall three and then it like finally it's revealed to us the audience that Firewall Three is we launch the space station into the sun or whatever. Sure, it is. yeah. And that's okay if the if the characters are allowed to know things that we the audience don't. And yeah. it you're right when you say it's a cheap way to keep the audience in the dark about it. It it didn't need to be done, and it kind of yeah. pulled me out of the movie a bit because the idea that some of the some of these astronauts weren't informed that their lives might be forfeit just was like that doesn't that doesn't track to me that doesn't make sense i don't care yeah. for that yeah it seems it would definitely be that you know the the mission is like you, you like you as the crew are one of the firewalls right so like you're you're going to give your life for the whole of humanity and that would seem to be a pretty important mission briefing yeah, yeah. Uh, no one should have to be told in the 11th hour, by the way, we're all going to die now so that we can save other people. Like it would have been reasonable to me at that juncture for some of the audience, some of the astronauts to legitimately be like, um, no, I did not sign off on that. Yeah. Which would have been terrible and selfish of them. Don't misunderstand, but it would have been completely reasonable for them to be like, I am outraged. I was not informed about this. Like Soshi or, uh, the, the Japanese crewman's name. I, I want to say it's Soshi. I may be mistaken. Um, he just had, his wife just had a baby on Earth. And he might not have signed up for this mission had he known it was a one-way trip. Yeah. yeah. And so the the idea that that was kept from him is astonishing to me. Like... <laughs> it also um, lets you if, you, if the crew knows what that firewall is, 
and you know this manned uh, spacecraft comes up to push the space or the the ISS out into space, like that actually get, gives you an interesting angle to play with, like someone's uh, desperation and will to survive, especially um, that particular character because he does have a, a kid on Earth and is would potentially do anything to get there so he knowing like even knowing that that uh that that that's what that's that pro or that ship is there to do is to push him out into space he tries to get in there anyway and and get himself back home as his last choice like that like that maybe that's not the the best arc for his character but like you know it's something that you could play with and makes it more interesting well and isn't that sort that is what he does in the movie though isn't it well in the movie the, I think the way that it's set up, he thinks it's a rescue. rescue him. Yeah, oh. he's he's thinking that it's a rescue, and he's there to uh, help get in, get in, and get rescued, and ends up dooming the poor Soyuz crew people because he was unaware that they were there to push them into space. Right. I I misinterpreted that and, and was actually thought he was making a selfish choice. I, I may have uh, not paid close enough attention. I mean, he certainly was probably desperate to get off the station and get back to Earth, but yeah. But he misinterpreted what they were there for. Jake Jake Gyllenhaal misinterpreted what they were there for because the two of them mm-hmm. had not been briefed on what was going on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I put more. I put more uh, emphasis on that than there was even. So yeah, I think that is a good fix then, because that's the blank I filled in. Well, we are <laughs> we are starting to delve into fixes. So maybe this is a good point to take a break and collect our thought and evolve our thoughts. <laughs> Once again. Indeed. All right. We'll be back. Unit B is a multi-company co-working space focused on helping people pursue their passions and making Edmonton its creative best. Join a tight-knit group of freelancers, startups, and established organizations all dedicated to getting things done. Besides desks and offices, Unit B offers members access to its podcasting studio and meeting spaces, as well as kitchen, Wi-Fi, and the usual amenities. It's located in the historic McKinney Building on 104th Street, close to everything downtown, including the Bay LRT station. Book a tour today at unitb.ca. Welcome back to I Have Some Notes. We're talking about the film Life. What would you guys do to, to fix this movie? Let's uh, let's tighten this grip up and, and let this film reach its full potential. Um... I wanted to discuss something real quick with you guys. Like we, I think we talked about it in the in the the chat when we were doing our, our watch party. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, join us for watch yeah. parties. We've been doing them all quarantine. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, we talked a little bit about whether we need to see Earth more, and I wanted to gauge you guys' temperature on that. Um, on the one hand, I kind of. I agree with you. I like the part in the first uh, act where we uh, have some interaction with the school kids and with the reporters and whatnot. But on the other hand, I I kind of like that they get cut off and mm-hmm. that that creates a little bit of tension in itself because that means that there's no help coming from Earth initially. They, they can't communicate with the Earth that there's a danger. I kind of like that tension. If we were to keep the more horror parts of the movie until the third act. I see no reason why we couldn't interact with earth a little more in like act two. And that might be interesting, but as soon as Calvin starts killing people, they need to be, uh, I, I feel like they need to be alone. Yeah. And that's kind of why I, uh, 
I've kind of gone back and forth on it. Like in in some ways, it feels like hearing more from Earth um, reinforces the danger of of Calvin getting to Earth. Um, but at the same time, um, their isolation is pretty key. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Like I, I in in the end, I kind of, I, I think I'm kind of landing on they may have handled it just right, where they just gave you like a light touch of what's going on on Earth. Um, and I, I suppose I would have liked to have heard from like um, NASA or or Control a bit more, um, just to get a sense of like, yeah, they were trying to they are trying to help, and they were they were up on what's going on on the mission or at least like have you know you know uh, a scene with uh you know maybe a character sort of talking uh or sending reports to them because it, it it feels like <laughs> this is such a big deal and after we see like the the kid's name calvin we don't we don't really it, you don't really get a sense of you sense you get the sense of like their research is all by itself when in reality like this guy this exobiologist he'd be reporting back down to earth constantly oh yeah, yeah. Like every everything that he saw and everything that the that the um the creature was doing he'd be reporting back down to earth and they would be telling him what your job is next actually now that i think of it i think there was a scene where ryan reynolds was getting told what to do by control if i'm not yep. mistaken yeah, right? he's so, like, they, he's... so it was in there a little bit but i, I definitely i think it was i think it was more interesting to have um um, the exobiologist uh, character have to be at odds with with what ground control wants him to do, and I yeah. think that would kind of re- help reinforce the fact that he's kind of like going a little bit rogue, like he's he's been he's been taken in by this life form a little bit, in in awe of it a little bit too much, getting too close to it, and and his resistance to control would help illustrate that a little bit. I think that yeah, would make nice for to... I think that would make for an interesting act too actually. Uh mm. where it, it suddenly he starts having like cuz uh the control team down on the planet number one are giving him strict orders about how he should be approaching things but are also starting to disagree with the fact that he's getting let's let's call it very chummy with the alien. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then and then he starts just like neglecting to report to them and control gets alarmed and like contacts Miranda or, or one of the other, or the team leader, uh, the mission commander, and they have to go and confront him. And that confrontation is where he's like locked himself in the lab and he's, and he's doing some, some, some sort of, uh, experiment that ultimately leads to Calvin attacking him. And, there and then we segue into into our act three. I think that would be interesting as well. Yeah, and, and it would I, and it would explain and it would explain why he it would it would better set up why he makes questionable decisions later on. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I definitely think that you touched on the first half, Scott. That like um, this movie would benefit more from a from a real slow burn. I agree. And I, I I would not mind to have like the the first two acts be uh pretty slow and boring 
and then everything just to really pop off in the third act instead. I don't, I don't know if boring is the right word. <laughs> yeah, um, but I don't. I don't think the fix we're trying to make is how can we make this movie more boring? I don't know. I like it. I, it was a bit jarring that it goes from zero to sixty because that's why Ryan Reynolds dies right away. So I yeah. don't. I don't know that I agree because I like the Ryan Reynolds um, victimhood. Uh, you know, twenty minutes in because exactly like I think it was Scott who said it's like it lets you know that no one is safe in this movie. But I still think that can happen in Act Three because if you it, it gives us more time with the astronauts and it gives us more time to be like, oh, Ryan Reynolds is totally the hero of this movie, and then he's the first victim. Like, and and I still think that that can still happen in Act Three and Have the still first be, victim jar- be in Act and three? still be jarring enough that we're like, oh crap, they're all doomed. Like, yeah. I eh, um I don't know. I liked I liked the 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 once I once I realized that this movie wasn't the heady um science fiction movie it was like you know the the name and the marketing would have you believe um I was like okay it's a, it's this is a slasher horror movie it's not what I was told but um you know I'm, I'm on board for it now like it it was perfectly serviceable in that. So yeah, I I don't I don't know that I would agree. But that's that's fine. Yeah, this might this might be a, a war of our our particular preferences in genre because I I as <laughs> I'm much more like Star Trekky with my uh, sci-fi and and I I think that I I would have enjoyed more the 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 sort of the you know the the play on on the moral ramifications of everything that they're doing and and uh and ex- and exploring you know their their fascinations with their own professions and stuff like that like uh, i think th- i sorry i don't i don't mean to cut you off there go ahead oh i was going to say i think that also gives us an extra act to learn more about kelvin uh so instead about finding out about all of kelvin's amazing uh, abilities to resist damage and survive in space and all this uh as they're dealing with uh with it as a monster I think it'd be more interesting to have all of this get set up so that it all pays off in the third act. So as the science team is discovering these amazing things that this alien can do, and they're positing all of the benefit that it could have to mankind, and then it all goes horribly wrong in the third act. And all of the mm-hmm. stuff that they set up comes back to be a problem because now they, well, you can't kill this thing and it regenerates and it can breathe in space. And oh God, like, yeah, yeah. I think, and I think that having more time with it to learn the science of it, and then that science to all be against them later on. I think that that would be more interesting than us learning while it's out in space. Oh, by the way, it can live out in space. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that the, uh, the death of Ryan Reynolds would be any more or less dramatic depending on where it is in the film. Like it, I think, I think if he's still like the first guy that gets ganked, um, it still would be jarring and he still gets killed in a, in a really, really horrible way. And, and, and theoretically, if you've got two acts where you're getting to know Ryan Reynolds a little bit more, then then maybe maybe it's even that much more of a gut punch when he when he dies. Well, yeah, and so you can horribly you can even spend the second act really setting him up to be the cowboy cop on the station, like the guy the as I said the blue collar guy mm-hmm. who's just a little bit uh, willing to break the rules to do the right thing, and you know who's willing to roll up his sleeves and get his hands dirty, oh, so yeah. that so that you're setting him up to be the the standard action hero, yeah. and then he does the standard action hero thing of I'm going in there and I'm going to save the dude, and then he dies, it's, which is what happens in the original movie, but we get a little bit more time to get comfortable with Good the idea that he's our hero, that he's our cowboy, right? 
and yeah. you, and you'd get to develop a relationship between him and the exobiologist, right? So like so that when he does sacrifice himself for his friend, um there's a there's a lot more at play there because it, you know this it, it could be it could be a moment where the exobiologist, you know, you know snaps out of it and sort of realizes, you know, what he's done or or whatever. Or it could just be like, you know, it could reveal that this guy is more of a piece of shit. Like he just let his, he lets his friend die and he's still all about protecting and helping this alien life creature. So whatever way you want to go with it, right? I think based on like, you know, on how, if you want to do less rewrites, you would just leave him to be sort of like the de facto human villain character in the the film. I don't know that he necessarily... say less... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I don't know that he necessarily needs to be if we're if we're streamlining the uh horror movie part just into the third act. I don't think that there's time for him to be a traitor, and I think that we can just we can just jettison that aspect of his character and he can perhaps come around and realize that they need to he needs to help them find a way to stop Calvin, but by then mm-hmm. it's already too late. He's injured. Calvin is on the loose and we've only got like an hour of movie left. So no time for him to be the traitor. He just ends up as one of the guys who gets killed. Yeah. Yeah, Which, which in itself, if he's a hundred percent committed to trying to find a way to stop Calvin is a serious blow to the team, because if he gets killed, then they're they're without the guy who might've been able to find a weakness to this thing. Right. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, I don't just know. The, when, the whole time we were watching, like when we when we did Evolution, it, there was this thing of like, oh, this shouldn't be a comedy. This should be a horror movie. And then now that we've taken this premise and it's given us a horror <laughs> movie, you guys are like it should be a science fiction movie, a little more. Science. And I'm like, no, too much work. Like you guys, now you have to find uh, philosophical, you know, thoughtful things to say about the meaning of life that haven't been covered by other sci-fi movies. Correct. Yes. I'm saying lean full on into it, change up the marketing, keep it because then and then it justifies all the dumb, bad horror movie decisions all the characters make and just call it, I don't know, like Mars Attacks or like or Alien. Or alien, but you know, maybe maybe there's more than one um, firewall. Uh, call them a plan. There's nine of them, like a plan nine from outer space. Like just you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I think I think this movie was like we 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 said we wanted evolution to be a, a horror movie, and that's what this is. I think the fix for this movie is to make it more of a horror movie and not promise me any kind of sci-fi intrigue. Um, as, or, you know, because, yeah, I think it's just like one way or the other, and my way is probably easier. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Guys, we're going to have to watch Slither, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get the best of both worlds, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But then we're going to watch Slither and be like, you know, this movie has some jokes. They should just lean into they it. It should just be a full a comedy, blown, yeah. goofy, <laughs> Ghostbuster-style comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Change places. And just all three movies. We are one very left. hard to please, is basically yeah, the moral are. of the story. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, we have a movie podcast. That's just yeah. basically our MO. Right? <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking about um, the differences between uh, life and, and alien because there obviously there's some pretty big parallels. And, and um, it seems to me that um, one of the things that maybe makes um, the slasher film part of it not work is is the fact that this is supposed to be like an extremely um, 
scientific mission. And I think part of what that does is it sets your characters up to be making smarter decisions. Whereas in Alien... Slasher, it's... Yeah, or even... Sorry. Yeah, it's it's not in Alien. They were just a bunch of working stiffs. Yeah, they're a bunch of so, trackers. Like, there was no there's no expectation for them to make good decisions. Like they were they were w- in way over their head. Whereas here they're they're professionals, and like not only that, but the movie goes out of the way to tell you that like they have all these you know um, firewalls and things like that, and and their their entire job is 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 safety. So yeah. when when they make poor decisions, like you arguably um, Ryan Reynolds going into the, the the lab is a terrible terrible decision. Oh yeah, I wrote and, like in the at, group that, chat at that point that Ripley would be very disappointed with him for breaking. Quarantine. Well, yeah, because like he, you know, at that point, like he should have known that like nope, sorry, that that alien is a danger to everyone, and and his the smart decision there was like jettison the lab and and say see you later. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I can I can even justify him maybe going in to try to save the exobiologist, but then he should have immediately gotten out and they should have jettisoned the lab mm-hmm. um, rather than him stay in and try to kill it, which ultimately yeah. is what leads to his death because it's a poor decision. Yeah, and I think that's part of what um, Liam, to, to your point, to lean into it being uh, a horror film like. I think that's part of what makes it hard to work for for me anyway. Is just mm-hmm. that like it it relies to get to get to the slasher stuff so quickly. It basically does rely on people making dumb decisions. And as you say in horror movies, yeah. you know people make terrible decisions constantly. And and it, you know this may not be for everyone, but for me, it just kind of takes me out of the the movie a little bit. Um, uh, when I when I see characters that are that are supposed to be making smart decisions but just can't, it's the mm-hmm. same thing with Prometheus, right? Like, yeah. like these guys are <laughs> there to find life, and they make the the dumbest decisions possible on a near constant rate, and it just like it just lifts you straight out of the film, right? Yeah, yeah. and, and they're dealing with the same alien as alien. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, yeah, sort of. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things that took me out of this movie is when the exobiologist makes the decision to save Kelvin, uh, with yeah. again no build up and it's no absurd. explanation. It's it's a yeah. terrible decision, and it's a decision that makes no sense in the context of any part of the movie that's come before, and. I was actually like, why Why would he do that? Like, he understands yeah. the risk to the Earth. He understands the risk to his crew. And he's just doomed them all. And the movie doesn't even give him a slap on the wrist over it. And yeah. it's yeah, this is- just, it's it, it, it was so baffling that I was actually like, well, this doesn't make sense anymore. This is the kind of thing that just, like, makes me not, envy like a screenwriter's job because like i mean i am a wannabe screenwriter but like you know the every decision you make can can set up the audience's expectations in ways that you may not expect or that you did not intend um and and you know it could it it can you know ultimately lead to your your script kind of crumbling underneath the weight of some very simple decisions that you made so i like yeah this is <laughs> this is mm-hmm. why this is the part of the this is why I like um, this podcast so much is because this is the really fascinating meaty stuff that I like to like to dig my uh, my fingers into. 
Is it like writing is just like it's endlessly complex, and uh, and and I, and I think that's you know that's why, uh, you know, you could talk about and review movies till the cows come home because the, you're never gonna have a, a perfect script and like you know like uh, you there's it's endless to discuss ways of doing things um, better or differently or or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. you can have a perfect script because they did make Die Hard. And Spaceballs. Yeah. <laughs> I think we were all, I was sitting there, I'm like, what's what's my funny, either funny or literal pull for perfect script? And I'm like, yeah, this couldn't pull in quick enough, so sweet. Um, but it, I think you're true. Uh, talking, it, there, there's always uh, lots to discuss and, and, and to be able to, like, reimagine uh, uh, potential. Um, I mean, that's part of the, the fun of taking in art uh, as much as it is uh, uh, producing it. Uh, and I think our listeners would agree. Because uh, we have all sorts of great listener comments. Thank you, everyone, for contributing. If you want to have your comments read on air, please follow us on our social media. We will uh, read out the posts that you make and uh, sort of comment on them ourselves. So let's uh, jump right into it. Uh, Nathan Martin says, uh, I've missed commenting on the last two, sadly, I know. Um, this movie. Oh, we miss has you, a- buddy. We miss you, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this movie has a great vibe to it. Well shot, good cast. Uh, there are moments of the scientists not acting like scientists in it. It's very much like a Blom meets Alien story, and I like that. And since The Rock isn't in it because if he was and Calvin would have eaten him, The Rock would have become unstoppable, and we all know The Rock is perfect. <laughs> I think he maybe uh, means think- The Blob meets Alien. The Blob, Yes. We, it looks like we copy and pasted, and I didn't proof it. Yeah, the blah. I'm like, the blom. I'm like, I don't know what that is. That sounds like a Judy Bloom novel, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, blob makes more sense. Sorry. Proving. Um, there, we, that, that didn't get proofed every step of the way, from Nathan writing it to us putting it in our notes to me reading it. Professional podcast. Uh, Nathan does end with the, the comment. Uh, I think the biggest thing is the ending. I'm all for a gotcha ending, and all... All for endings like The Thing, but in good movies, they don't lie to the audience and the editing of the ending cheats. Miranda isn't freaking out until the very end, and that's not a twist or a gotcha. That's just not good editing. I kind of agree. Um, I think that they relied on some cheap tricks to make it so that you weren't certain who was going where. When the characters should have been very aware of where they were going before the very, very ending. Yeah. And... Again, I I could see the twist coming. I think that the ending could have been handled better. Um, And I actually, going back all the way to the first part of this episode, I kind of like Liam's suggestion where we don't know. Yeah. I think it's on the table. I like like how it ends, but I'm glad I've put that on the table. (laughs) Just a quick question. Did, uh, Did just one of the escape pods get hit by debris? Uh, yes, I want to say yes. Yeah. Right, so the question was, like, which one got hit and which one's off course, right? Yeah. So why not have both of them get hit by debris in that way, by, like, I guess they're the same debris, I suppose. But, like, yeah. you have both of them get hit, and then and then it becomes a question from the audience, like, okay. It's well, like a three-card both- Monty thing, yeah. Yeah, they're both panicking. So yeah. you, then you do, you you really don't understand who's what where when right? so yeah I don't know that maybe that's a minor fix that could help yeah yeah because because he's because Nathan's right like Miranda doesn't freak out until the very end um, and I and I that I think that's just to sell like oh yeah she made it 
Um, but he's right that it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Uh, Laurie Plant says, ooh, Danica probably remembers this one. I'll ask her. And then Danica LeBlanc says, ooh, that one was really good, but definitely a one watch. So creepy. It yes. did have creepy elements to it, mostly the deaths. Um, I found the I found the little spider flower thing the creepiest thing like we said earlier the ones that got into the big monsters less so yeah it was it was more interesting as uh, an alien starfish than it was as a weird gelatinous yeah. dragon Beast. thing yeah actually i watched the um the red letter media review of of life and they suggested that instead of having the creature grow up um into a big creature that it would have been scarier to have like a whole army of those little tiny guys coming at you. Kinda, yeah. Like yeah. if it had if it had done an evolution and started to multiply. Yeah. Yeah. Or like just like like a almost like a like, occupy space like it's like a fungus that just got yeah, got bigger throughout. Like it just once it was somewhere it never left that somewhere, it just spread. Mm. Oh yeah. Would be an option. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's taking um, over the sh- taking over the ship bit by bit. That way, like it becomes like a, a real a real concern. Like, oh, if this gets on Earth, it's just going to take over everything. It's so aggressive. Yeah, this definitely has a critter. Like, it's a it's a critter. It's running around the you know the pipes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve from the Everything I Learned from Movies podcast says, "Make it the Secret Alien prequel." I mean, Winky we already face. we already have the Alien prequel, and that's Prometheus. Yeah. And this was this had all the same trappings, I think. Yeah. Alan Gould says, looks at cast list. How have I not heard of this one? Looks at gross. Oh. Yeah, this one yeah, definitely think... flew under a lot of people's radar. Yeah, it uh, it only made 100 million, so it was not a success. And I th- I think that that might fall on the shoulders of the marketing again cuz we yeah. discussed that. If people knew that it was kind of a sci-fi horror movie, I think it might have done better than them marketing it like the next interstellar. I think that that yeah. may have made people go, eh, I don't want to watch another boring science movie about an alien. I, I traditionally, um, sci-fi is also a hard sell on audiences too. So you're kind of starting off on the, on the wrong yeah. foot. And, hor- and horrors you- bank horror is yeah. a guaranteed dunk. Well, typically, well, not, I don't know if in terms of box office numbers, if it's a dunk, but like usually your horror film has a much smaller budget. Yeah, like uh, the return, the return yeah. on investment, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then closing it off with a uh, uh, recognition of our genius. Uh, thank you, Cinematological Rainbow. Uh, regarding evolution, this is great, and next week's episode on life should be a fantastic companion. Uh, we thought so. Thanks, cinematological. I gotta really like edit these things when I put them in the show notes because the, the I'm copying and pasting like the the uh, ta- the emojis. So like, there's a rainbow emoji after cinema- cinematological. Oh, name. that's embarrassing. That's I also, rainbow. but also clearly, I'm not proofing these before I read them. This is this has got um, Liam likes to got, uh, dance with the devil in the pale moonlight, and he yeah. prefers to just cold read all of this because it's. <laughs> For him, it's like walking a tightrope, and <laughs> and the danger, the danger is what gives him a thrill. It's not that I don't proofread it; it's that I don't like, like I read it ahead of time. I just like don't let things like the fact that the word rainbow is at the end of cinematological phase me. Like I just like Greg wouldn't put it in there if I wasn't supposed to say it. Yeah, uh, like it's it is on the producer, and in, the, in, the, in yeah. the end, like that's my <laughs> that's my bad. Yeah. 
but yeah, Blom. I should have been like, why does that say Blom? Uh, so, you know what? Uh, honestly, let's just put it on our uh, on our listeners for uh, typos in their own posts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why not? Uh, and if you want to have your writing skills criticized, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook <laughs> at I Have Some Notes. You can find our podcast feed at IHaveSomeNotes.com. If you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing on iTunes. It really helps us out. Uh, You can also find our episodes on the CKUA radio app. You can download it right now at the Apple App Store. And uh, definitely be sure to check out all of our sibling shows over at the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. And we post episodes every week now. Um, And next week is going to be a bit of a different episode. We are taking listener questions in an Ask Us Anything free-for-all. You know, ask us uh, what our favorite movies were of all time. Ask us about shows. Uh, you know, maybe you want to see what we thought about, you know, Tiger King or Picard or anything else that's going on right now. Um, or you just maybe you just want to check up on us on uh, how we're handling the uh, the COVID crisis. Uh, we'll answer anything. Fabulous. Yeah, we I look forward to uh, look forward to answering those questions and uh, sharing a little bit about uh, our philosophy on movies should be uh, so, so i guess we should actually say like where people can uh send their questions to they can you guys can send questions to us on twitter and on facebook um we'll, we'll yeah. be uh, we'll be posting a uh, uh a thread on uh, on facebook for it a little later this week well i think with that we can uh we can sign off thank you very much for listening to our episode on life i've been your host liam kreswick i'm scott c bourgeois i'm greg beaver keep watching the skies for incoming capsules and space station. Don't open it. Don't open it. This episode has been brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund for yourself or with a group. Once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. This year's focus is on five topics. Women, sexual orientation and gender identity in Edmonton, visible minority women, and senior women. Learn more at ecfoundation.org. (laughs) 